0: Another episode of Where Are All My Friends, this week with Ivanj Levanos. And I think this is going to be a fun one because she's already told her story on other podcasts. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, 100 Words or Less, I think it's pretty much been fully covered, several others. But this one, I kind of wanted to get in just to like straight discussion of current things and ways that artists can improve their product and how 2020 music is going. So I think this will be a fun one all around for that reason. So thank you for joining us.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. Let me make sure my phone's off. Okay, cool.
0: Nice. Nice. Good looks. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So what I like to do just to start things off is if anybody isn't familiar, obviously your story is out there, but just super briefly who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. I'm Ivanj Lovanos. I am an artist manager. I own a company called Alternate Side with my partner, Zach. I also have a record label with Electra music group called Public Consumption. And yeah, I've been in the business for 20, almost 20 years. Started as a booking agent for about six of those years and then got into management after.
0: Yeah. And it's cool too. Like I, Something that I really respect about you is you've been in it for so long, yet you haven't kind of done the thing where you like lose touch with what's current like you stay really current and you've adapted and you you work with a lot of different genres and I feel like you've done a really good job paying attention to cool new trends and staying relevant thank you yeah
1: you can ask any of my artists though they'll make like they make fun of me all the time (laughs)
0: <laughs> Just for like not keeping up with like meme culture and stuff like that.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't understand memes. I think they're ridiculous. But yeah, they, they'll laugh at me sometimes or especially Zach, my partner, makes fun of me all the time because of my age. But that's that's good to hear that that's the perception.
0: No, it really, really is. Because I feel like even from my perception, I'm like younger and newer to the game than all of it. But I've always seen your work and in like the heyday of Warp Tour and everything, you always worked with, like, the coolest pop-punk bands, to put it simply. Um, and you still do, right? Like, you still have, what, like, Puck, Movement, Citizen...
1: Real Friends, Grayscale, Summer, give or take as far as pop-punk, as far as the category goes. Yeah,
0: that's a pretty broad window. Yeah. But, but then, yeah. to go into, like, the next broad window, call it, like, SoundCloud, Underground Rap, or, like, you know, emo rap, whatever, you... I mean, you managing Nothing Nowhere, Joe, like, that was huge. Like, I, I really do feel like Joe did so much in the beginning of that and then branched out even outside of that. But you caught that early. You worked with him. You helped him develop such a good career. And then you went on. You worked with Gucci Highwaters. I think you have Lund and Oliver Francis now, too, right?
1: Yep. And we also uh, we brought in Shinigami too. Yeah. Uh, and trying to think, like, are those all my guys? Yes.
0: And then, but then you even have another side where you have, like, uh, uh, Chloe Moridano, right?
1: Cool. Yeah, we've got Chloe and Cave Town and it's kind of like bedroom pop. Yeah. I don't know. know. It's not, it's pop, but it's, you know, everybody's got to put it in a category.
0: Yeah, but I just, I think that's cool, right? Like, you're clearly not just, like, ignoring what's going on and being, like, this genre forever. Like, that's cool to me. I've always seen you do that and do it well. And I'm like, damn. All right. Thanks. Yeah. So kind of on that line, like the first thing that I wanted to get into is I feel like a lot of times I'll hear from independent artists or people in the industry trying to get noticed, whatever. But I just think that this feeling is all too common of seeing people Like, do cool things, or almost feel like there's like this insider cool club, or like, how do I get signed? How do I get to that next step? How do I get the attention of all these people doing these huge things, right? Because if you're an independent artist, if you're releasing music and your favorite artists are Shinigami, Nothing Nowhere, Gucci Highwaters, like, to even have a minute to talk to you and be like, show me the ways is valuable. And that's what I hope to spread with this whole podcast and share that, you know?
1: It's funny because I feel like a lot of kids in that genre hate managers. And so it's like, it's this weird thing where, like, there might be some kids who are like, how do I get a manager? But then there's this whole headspace of like, I could do it myself. I don't need a manager. I don't need a label. And that's been frustrating at times because I almost have, like, I chased Lund for two years two years yeah
0: he was a ghost he wouldn't talk to anyone
1: and and it was very much like he was in that headspace part of it was being overwhelmed so it's tough because it's it's like i want to be able to give advice but at the same time these artists have to understand that like you have to surrender so like make sure you're ready Mm -hmm. before you want to get on the radar of people but um i guess kind of going back to what you were saying is just it's weird. Like, I end up getting sent stuff. Like, I'm not there in the trenches of SoundCloud right yeah. now anymore. Like, I'm not, like, I, I don't sit there on TikTok and see what's reacting. Because, first of all, I mean, that is just bullshit and not a long-term recipe. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I find that I just end up getting aligned with younger generation of musicians or managers or agents and because of that they send me things or an attorney will send me things or a label will send me things that I'm working on or just you know we work with one of our close friends is JV who is a producer that has worked with tons of these artists And so he's always in the mix and because it's his job, he's trying to get new business and wants to be on top of the next thing and he'll send me stuff. And, you know, whether it's popping off or not, I have to love it. And I just, I literally work with what I truly love and listen to, like what I believe in. And so it just happens to be like, it gets on my radar because either it's reacting on SoundCloud and um, there's some people chattering about it or like Gucci might mention that he's going to work with this kid and do a feature. And I'm like, why are we doing another feature? And then I look and I'm like, oh, okay, this, this kid's legit. Or like, same with Joe. Like, my artists have, and I have such a tight bond that the second they know that someone's in distress, artist-wise, yeah. they call me and they're just like, hey you know, this artist needs a manager, like, would you be interested or look, it's, it's very strange. It's very word of mouth. Mm. Um, I think for artists that are just trying that don't have an in and like, aren't friends of friends, you know, it's a little bit trickier because this business is very relationship based. And unless you make some song that's reacting and shows up on research that major labels have, it's difficult. So you know number one the music has to be sick and it yeah. has to be on point and competitive with what's being signed and not just in your mind in your best friend's mind because they're going to tell you you're the shit yes. but it needs to be literally on point with that meaning it, it definitely is attracting people's outside of your circle you know are you getting plays on soundcloud are you releasing things on spotify do people give a shit are you being innovative on youtube on the socials like it's so much work to get discovered and then it's even more work once you do get discovered and you almost want to go back to before (laughs) you found me um which is tough but it's um i think it's a matter of the music has to be on point and then it's just outreach it's networking it's like getting in with like hit up jv do a song with him
0: if it's fire
1: he'll connect you with the right people because he is connected in such a a corporate but also very underground way that he'll know whether something is is going to who to send it to
0: right well I'm kind of like as you answer this I feel like there's almost two parts to properly dig into where it's like on one side I want to hear the things where you're like okay it's on my radar this is what I'm going to look for but then on the other side I almost like it's almost like breaking apart tangible steps that an artist can do to get on the radar. Mm -hmm. And like you said that thing about JV, and I think it's that, right? Like, I think there's something there because you can't really say sending the blind submission emails or just doing the copy paste format. Like, yeah, maybe, but it's just so unexciting. And it just doesn't like, it doesn't feel fun for you. It doesn't feel fun as an artist to like, send that big email that like says every bullet point of a one sheet. Like that's not fun. No one
1: reads it either. No,
0: right. So like, I love what you said about JV. And I think all the smartest kids I've talked to or the smartest, any creative artist, anyone kind of like looks at the whole picture. They look at the whole industry, everyone that's doing it well. And then they look under the hood as much as they can so it's like if a song comes out and the beat is amazing or the production's great, figuring out and like digging like who that artist follows, seeing the producers, if they credit the producers, then hitting those producers up and maybe you can work with them. And like those little like not direct connections, but like the, the one piece away, the JVs of it, because like we both know like Joey is so in touch with everyone and is down to work with a lot of people. So that part is really interesting to me. And I I don't know, it's funny, right? Like your answer to how to get discovered uh, or how to get on the radar of a manager if you're seeking a manager is almost like-
1: Don't if, hit them up in a sense, go yeah. around the back door.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is so funny, right?
1: <laughs> I never thought about it that way before actually because I think it, it kids do go about it the wrong way where they instantly go for the top, like go to the manager or go to the agent or go to the record label, but really what they need to have is something to deliver first yeah. that will interest those people. And, yeah. the point. and, and like, you got to have somebody hyping you up. And if JV like, and not just to keep mentioning JV or any He's producer, such a good
0: example just because he's he such is. a good catalyst. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Because he'll, he's good at hyping something up that he believes in and it will make somebody listen. So I think it's like anything else. So when I go on vacation, I am a psychopath when it comes to the kind of places I want to stay at, the vibe I want. I want to be, I never get any time off. So when I do, I want to make sure I'm staying at the biggest and the best and I got everything I need. So I literally will go on TripAdvisor, then Yelp then the actual websites to every single place that I find that I'm interested in. And I will do a shit ton of research for over a month just to find the perfect hotel and accommodations and things that would suit me for what I want when I travel. It's the same thing with your career. It's like, it's not about sending a song that you think aspire to a manager who doesn't know who you are and is going to just literally delete your email because they have too many emails. And as, as nice as it sounds when managers say, Oh, I respond to every email I get. I was responding to that shit. Nobody's responding to the stuff where it's like, can you play my birthday party? We're just not going to do that because it's just not what our artists are able to do at this level. Um, And so it's like, you have to do research. And like you said, who produced this? Who did this beat? And it's about going on the internet that these kids are on 24 seven. And figuring out how to work with certain people that can get you in the door without being like, you know, a user or like doing it in a very like, you know, way to like, that's not genuine. Yeah. It's like, find who those people are and network on SoundCloud and network. Like if we're talking about that genre network there, exchange beats, that's kind of what I found this community came from was like, you know, back, um before juice world got discovered and was signed like nothing nowhere jv like they talked to him nothing nowhere is to talk to little peep on twitter and dm and like yeah because they all came up from the same community so there's uh, this generation there's constant generations as you know they evolve it's like this older and then it's younger and then there's so those kids all talk and it's like just do a song with one of them if you can and you know it's But again, it's got to be good. You've got to really know your craft and not just be showing it, like I said, to the people that are already your fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because uh, again, as you're you're breaking that down and as I'm thinking with it, I feel like it is this backwards approach where kind of a way that I've thought about it or that I've talked to artists when I've given advice is like, you almost need to prove the concept fully before you're going to get on the radar. It's like you have to prove, like for you... This is your livelihood. Like, this is your work. Like, of course, you'd love to help everyone you can, but you only have so many hours. And when you have clients that are bringing you X amount of dollars for helping you with this, that, and this, it's really hard for you to justify taking on this small project or whatever to, you know, add that extra time bandwidth. So it's almost like in order to get on the radar of a team or a manager specifically, you almost have to show that it's like a working business model first. Like, here's my fan base. Here's how much money I'm making. Here's this. Like, here's what I've put together. And it's almost like when you've outgrown yourself. Like, you know, you were saying, like when your artists come to you and say, hey, this artist needs help. It's like they need help, not because like, oh, I wish somebody would listen to my song. It's like they don't know what to do with all the money they're making or they don't know what to do because they're getting hit up for a bunch of press or tours and they don't know how to negotiate it. So it's almost, it is kind of backwards, right? It's like maybe don't chase the manager, but chase building your business. And then when you're, when you've broken that, then the Avanges exist.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, you got to work. And I think that the model of music right now has spoiled a lot of artists because they usually have managers before they have anything else because a lot of managers get involved with an artist because you know, maybe they see some numbers or they, they, they think they can make some money off them or whatever the case might be. But like, best example I could ever give is the band Grayscale. The time- we, Let's they, go.
0: I respect what they do so much.
1: I know, they're the best kids ever, but they they came to me, they were the only email I opened ever that was like a solicited email. It was their label emailing me, being like, I've got this band, their old label, being like, I have this band, you should listen to them. And I'm like, first of all, who the hell is this? What? And I don't know what made me click on it. And I did. And I was like, this is actually not half bad. And I was like, keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I just am not ready. I don't want to pick up another baby band because bands take a long time to develop. And I yeah. just wanted them to do more. And then about like four months later, like they already came to me having released like an EP um, they just had so much going on already on their own because that's just the the monster that they are. Like even now, they're absolutely insane because they make it they make my job being a manager perfect. Like I can do my job without having to get uh, sidetracked for dumb stuff. You know, they respond yeah. when I hit them up. I don't have to chase them three times so that one thing on my plate turns into five because other things have accumulated. But they came to me already having their shit together versus me. And, and I've had to get artists shit together, and I'm no problem doing that. But when an artist is coming to a team, like they, they kind of have to have something to show. So if you can show, like you've got six songs, and they don't have to be massive, but they have some plays, and you do have interest, and you are using your social media properly, and you you know what you're doing, that's going to attract a team more than... You know, just here's my song, but I've nothing else to back it up. Like you, you have to have you have to have worked before you get a team. But yeah. I do find because a lot of kids might have friends that are managed without doing anything, there's this weird expectation of like, oh, well, I need a manager right now, and it's like, why? Like have something to manage, Then yeah. go get a manager. Yeah. Because if you a manager too early. You are basically you're probably with the wrong manager. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to bring in somebody that's got nothing going on and they're still trying to figure out their song. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? I can't. I'm not a I don't know how to make songs. I know how to (laughs) listen to them, but that doesn't help.
0: Right. I, I love that. And that's actually that kind of bridges perfectly to the other side of my question. Of this is cool. So you've built this empire of an artist project or band, whatever, like you as the artist now, you're like, okay, cool. Like I have fans, I'm streaming on Spotify, I can sell merch and people care and pay attention. Like, you know, like you have traction, like you feel it, you can support yourself. So maybe now you're at this point where you're living off your music, which is already like the dream. But as an artist that's maybe at that point, maybe like, I guess the picture that I'm painting is you're paying your rent off your music, but you're totally independent. Like you figured it out, you have the fan base, but you don't have any team yet. For you, in your opinion, what does a good manager do? Like, what is that value? And like, where is that level up? Because as you said in the beginning, a lot of the artists, especially in like, call it like, again, like the emo rap or SoundCloud rap, like it's a very negative stigma to be like, oh, management label. So like, perhaps enlighten of like what what are the benefits like when you do have it going what a manager or a label or a team can really bring to that
1: well I think a good manager is something someone that enriches an artist's life and shouldn't be something that's looked at as like oh it's just money out of my pocket and they have to take it I have this argument all the time with certain artists where they're like you know they're fine so they don't think they need help but I've been in this industry for 20 years. So I know a lot of people that I can connect artists with that will help them get that one step up. And some artists are cool just paying the rent and thinking they're the shit by making, you know, 10 grand a month. That's a lot of money. I wish I made 10 grand a month.
0: Hell yeah, that's sick.
1: But I'm not trying to manage those artists. I'm trying to get an artist from making 10 grand a month to making you know, a hundred grand a month or a million dollars a month. Like it's a, it's a different ball game when you get a team. And I always tell artists that are iffy on managers that if it, was, if it was easy to navigate this business by yourself, every fucking artist in the world would be massive and making millions of dollars. We exist. Good managers exist because we listen to the vision that the artist has and we go out and help them achieve it. How? Oh, well, one of my goals in life is I always wanted to tour with so-and-so. All right, well, how the fuck are you going to do that when you don't know who so-and-so's agent, manager, label, or anyone is? Like, it's just pipe dreaming. I find that artists that don't have managers that are doing well are very, very insulated and don't quite understand how absolutely vast this business is and how hard it is to get things done in a bigger way. Yeah. So if it's something where you have a goal to become biggest artist in the world, bigger than you are, whatever the case might be, you have to go to a professional that knows how to do this. What does that mean? Okay, you probably think you're releasing your music in a great way. You probably think that you uh, have sick videos. But I promise you, you're probably overlooking some things that I just did a, a call with this new app, for example, last week that reached out to me that could benefit you and the type of fan base you have that you don't know exists because you're not talking to these people every day. Yeah, And it's like, that's one aspect of it is being able to connect you in ways to help you grow that you may not know you're not doing and because that's my job is to make sure that every single one of my artists are doing their optimal like everything they're doing is at optimal levels yeah from their their posting and their merch drops and the type of music they're putting out where they're putting them out when they're putting them out what day are they putting them out how are we rolling them out there's just so much that goes into it that artists don't imagine because they're just so used to being like upload MP3 or and then it goes up in 48 hours, 24 hours, or whatever. Yeah. There's a true strategy to releasing things if you truly want to do it to hit the right people and hit more people than you can hit on your own. And that takes a team because while you're sleeping till three o'clock in the afternoon, because you were up all night playing video games, I've been working since 8 a.m. calling everybody on your behalf or trying to get you that feature that you want on your song because I know the publisher or the manager, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So on the creative side, a lot of these artists might think, oh, managers don't get it, they're not cool, whatever. It, you do the art, I'll take the art, and I will help you make sure that everybody the, in the world knows it exists as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's one aspect of it, is a lot of like marketing and and that. But also, you know... If you have somebody looking at you on the outside versus you staring at yourself, there's going to be different perspectives. So, what a big thing that I do for my artists is I analyze their money in a in a way of like why are you spending this on this and this is ridiculous and you're not getting paid enough from whatever distributor you're using, which To me, they all suck, except, you know, but but there's nothing to choose from. You know, when you're an artist and you don't have a team, you know, we have a deal in-house. We have a deal with a company called Merlin, and they are a nonprofit that helps indie labels get the same rates from the DSPs that majors get. So when the major label goes in and negotiates their money that they're getting from Spotify and blah, blah, blah. So is Merlin using the collective of all of the indies that they have. So essentially we have distribution and we did it because our artists own their back catalogs. Most of them do. And they're getting 15% taken from here or, you know, TuneCore, core distro kid and all those are great for flat rates, but they're not getting paid the rate that they would if they were signed from the DSPs. DSPs give different deals to major labels, that's and, interesting.
0: I didn't know and, that. And
1: private distributors, not public ones. So we did a deal with them last year because we have so much back catalog. Luckily, they accepted us. So we kind of now have distribution. So all of our artists are making 5 to 7% more a month off their back catalog than even a flat rate with DistroKid and, and Repost and all of those places. And they're making the rate they would on a major except there's nobody taking a cut except just management commission. So right. if you're an artist that's not, that's on your own, do you even know that exists? Did you know that there's other distributors that you can go through, but they're not accessible to you, but they're right. accessible to me and yeah. other companies? Like it's knowledge like that. It's very important to know because you can go from making $10,000 a month to 15, just by switching your back catalog. If you, I mean, not every manager has that. We are very lucky. We closed that deal with them when we did. Um, but those are the things that artists don't know.
0: Well, so, I think that says a lot of it right there. Like that's yeah. what's so, I, I look at you and I look at what you've built and you, you know, you are saying that thing of like, it's helping artists make money where they didn't realize money could be made. So that I feel like is almost two parts where it's like, okay, cool. Maybe you're making 10 grand a month off of streaming and that's freaking sick. Like pat yourself on the back. That's an absolute accomplishment. But maybe you've been so focused on that that you didn't realize that uh, merch is a simple one. You can probably figure merch out, but maybe there's a lane where you could be making merch cheaper. And you probably know those people because you have so much leverage because you have such a category, You of so many artists. And along with that, there's also things where like as you broke that down with Merlin I feel like that's a strength that I really admire about you is because you have built the the artist roster that you have and you have the network that you have what seems to be simple tasks or things that everyone could do you kind of just have cheat codes to do them better maybe you have like an artist wants to tour like you know fucking everyone or like a publishing deal. Like you just have so much leverage because you're leveraging all your other things against the other things. And that's something where it's like, I I know, right? Like I've managed artists and even as a, a younger artist manager, you have to build that leverage and every little connection you get is amazing. And that's something that I've really admired about you is like 20 years in the game has led you to knowing a lot of people where there's all those stupid little things where you're like, oh, I wish I could get in touch with this person. And like, you're just like, yeah, I have the time in the game where I, I know that. and that's, that's
1: very key for a lot of artists. And our goal, here's what I want in life. Go, when yeah. my artists are done doing their thing or they're now just writers and they're not touring or whatever the case might be. And I'm an old lady in a nursing home. I want them to remember me and be like, God, that crazy lady changed my life because I now can retire at an earlier age because she was on my ass to make sure I wasn't a dummy with my money. And she got me a business manager and she got me a long-term investment guy. And she made sure I didn't make mistakes that I normally would make in my twenties. If she wasn't around, I used that window of 20 through 30 to hopefully change their lives for the later future and I, I mean I don't have a magic wand they have to listen and not be done with their money but it's very important to me to make sure that these kids that are such talented artists then are set for the rest of their life on their art because they hired somebody that was smart enough to listen to them as far as creative goes but also they were all they were able to listen to me as far as the advice I'm like what to do for your future, because I'm 20 years older than most of these kids. I wish to God somebody in my 20s was like, yo, lady, stop buying so much shit from Delia's. Like I would be like, all right, and I would probably have a house now or something. But like, our job is to enrich their life, make it better and less stressful as much as possible and fight for them and go and get the things for them that they can't get themselves because they don't know the people and they don't know how to say it or send the email or word it. They're gonna be like, hey, can I get Black Bear and no? You don't, they're not gonna get you... they're not getting back to you unless you have two hundred million monthly listeners and you're unsigned, and they're gonna be like, holy shit, this is a phenomenon. Yeah. It's just we are here to help extend their reach and yeah. never to hurt. And if they hear shitty stories about managers, those managers are pieces of shit and mm-hmm. they exist out there. And unfortunately, they do the better talking game. And end up getting the artist sometimes. And then that artist gets fucked. And then they they don't want to hire anybody else after that because they've been fucked. But that's not what management is. We are here because we love and care about the artists. And we want them to grow and become the best artists they can be. And if that means they play Madison Square Garden, or are the biggest artists in the world. That's what we hope for all of them. It's all in what they put in. But at least have the shot. Yeah. And having that opportunity, so hire somebody.
0: Like, that's yeah, that's cool. what we're here for. That's cool. I, I'm a really big proponent of like people learning and like becoming the best version of DIY. And I really do believe that in this day and age, you can go very far on your own. Yes. But I just think it's really interesting and cool to hear your perspective on that and kind of just riff that conversation with you. Because I I really do feel like I have that conversation a lot with my friends that are independent artists or whatever, where it's like part of me is like, dude, you're paying your bills, you're at a great spot, leave it there, you're awesome. But if you have that, like, I'm trying to take over the world mindset and I'm trying to like go from $10,000 to $100,000 and I know that that might compromise the quality of my comfortable life, but I'm willing to put in all that time. I think at those times, having a manager that has the 20 years of past experiences and network or, you know, like whatever, like it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be you necessarily, but like having that person, right? Like just somebody that's been there and done it and learned from other failures and other successes. And that's where it really feels like it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. But yeah. look again, you're, you're down to pay your rent and that's it. Cool. But I promise you, and if I'm wrong, you could come find me and punch me in the face 20 years from now. You will kick yourself in the ass that you didn't do more because you were stubborn and thought you were all good making that money. Like, there's a lot of money to be made out there. If your art's special enough, why wouldn't you want somebody to help spread that across the world, not just the U.S., but the world for you?
0: Yeah. And it's it's also like the career of an athlete, right? Like in the moment you can make a fuck ton of money, but then afterwards, like it's not, you only have so many years on that. And I'm not saying any artist career is numbered, but why not hedge your bet to just have a comfortable future? Like if you're making an excess of money and again, like you could go down this route and research this yourself and learn where to invest your money and find a business manager. But just in the broad picture of talking about a manager, that's another very valuable thing where a, man, a good manager like yourself knows those things and can just guide you.
1: Yep. And not every manager will touch artist money, by the way. A lot of them don't help. A lot of them feel that their job is to make the artist money and that's it. I disagree my job is to not just help them make more money but to help them make the right decisions i just don't want these artists to like have this bubble life for however long they're doing their thing for and then suddenly they're in the real world and they're a disaster like they don't know how to do these things i want yeah. to teach them the right way of like how to handle money and how to be a responsible creative brain while still being like a a responsible citizen and paying their bills and doing their taxes these kids don't do their taxes your fucking taxes
0: (laughs) um yeah and here's actually another perfect segue is another reason to be financially stable and to to really take it seriously or to take that to look at that level up say you're an artist and you're living a lot off of touring or something like that. Here we are now in 2020, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but with everything going on, starting with the pandemic, call it like March, like it has changed a lot of music in the last couple of months. And we don't necessarily know when things get fully back to normal, but I think that's all the more reason to really have your business figured out and to find where you can make money and to do, to adapt and to figure this out. So, you know, like if you were an artist that didn't have it fully dialed, this happens, that could really shake you. Whereas if you have a plan or if you have investments or if you've done whatever, maybe you're a little more stable right now. But that's a pretty broad thing. I guess more so what I wanted to get into with you is like, what does 2020 look like for releasing music? Like how would you, what would you recommend? What's that look like? What are some some things that you've noticed that have worked?
1: Well, um I think there's kind of no rules. It's kind of like, try it. We've not, nobody in the world has been down this path before. So we don't have a, a thing to compare it to. So it's like, put out a song. Are more people listening to it now or less? Cool. Um, put out visuals. It, 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 to me, I think right now there should be more music than ever because people aren't, as active and now that the you know the quarantine's lifted and people are out there they're exercising again so they're listening to the DSPs and like the the stats are going up again but still people are watching 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 so we should I urge artists to do as many like stripped down versions or videos or lyric videos or whatever and get their YouTube popping and being doing things on Twitch visuals so that fans can interact in a very like this kind of a way versus passively when they're taking a jog or whatever the case might be. So what we have found is it's all different per artist, but you know, I'm releasing albums this year. I'm releasing albums next year. I'm releasing some around a tour that we hope will happen. Um, and I'm not giving a fuck about touring for some and just putting out music because I just think it's important to not lay down and die because we can't tour because there's other ways to make money and it's unfortunate that a lot of bands don't stream as strong as some of like the more uh pop alternative artists and a lot of it's just because rock is more of a physical thing like shows and vinyl versus streaming um and that kind of sucks for bands but if bands are proactive and doing cool shit like um acoustic versions going live on instagram just doing things that you're you normally don't have time to do because you're on the road and like I've sent so many social media schedules to my artists that get half looked at um that I wish they would all follow but uh it's very I think it's just about more but not like your throwaway songs but like you know we're releasing we're going to be releasing Gucci music. We're going to be releasing Movements. We're going to be releasing New Nothing Nowhere. We're going to be releasing New Oliver Francis all before the end of this year. And it's because, you know, it's time. We, we've got to, enter, they're entertainers. Their job is to entertain, whether it means physically or virtually. So there's live stream now we can do that, that you can pay money if you want to make a really special show and charge a ticket price for it. Or you can do it for free on Twitch, or you can do it on on YouTube Live, or you can do it on Reels, or you can do it on TikTok, like whatever it is. There's so much to be doing that I'm always so frustrated if an artist isn't doing it because it's like, you're just lazy then. Because if I can just fucking whip this off the top of my head while talking to you of all the things you can do, an artist whose job is to only do that should be able to do that.
0: Well, check me out. You said two things in that that I really loved. And one of them is like you rattled all that off, all those things that you can be doing and you should just be putting stuff out. I feel like I've noticed something, a big shift is changing with all digital media where it no longer has to be perfect. I think there was a minute where everything was so polished, like so, I don't know, maybe call it like 2010 through 2015, whatever. But like- Everything, and I might be going too nerd detail on this, but even down to Apple's icons on their iPhones, they used to have the polished little glassy thing and they just made it the simple like flat image. And I guess my point to that is I think we've been looking like everything had to be a high quality professional photo if it was posted on Instagram. And now what does better than that? Some shitty selfie, it doesn't matter. And I think artists can sometimes have that, stuck thing of it has to be perfect, where at least to my feeling, and please weigh in, but like, I think right now in this day and age, especially with everything going on, people just want more content. And if you're shipping a 7 out of 10 good product every day or every week, or like a 9 or 10 out of 10 amazing product every like three months, you're probably going to lose to the person that just stays consistently sending good.
1: Absolutely. I think this year will be what separates certain artists from others. Um, it will definitely benefit the artists that are active and didn't and and are taking advantage of the stuff that they can do during this time of no touring, and the ones that aren't might get passed by. There's a lot of noise out there, so you've got to be the loudest if you want to be heard. Mm. and the ones that aren't because they can't get a perfect picture or they just want this thing to sound perfect and they need to get it mixed. Just fucking put it up.
0: Your Thank fans you. love
1: whatever you do as long as it doesn't sound like garbage. Yeah. Put it up because you're your worst critic and your fans just want content. So get it out there because that's your job.
0: Well, that's the other part that I wanted to touch on is you said one thing to me and I was like, oh, fuck. We're you are an entertainer. Like, if you actually stop and just think about that, like, you're an artist, yes, but an entertainer. That, like, you're entertaining somebody. You're bringing value to them. You're bringing something to engage them. So does it matter? Like, if you have your perfect bounce, your perfect master mix, this or that, if you never put it out, you're not entertaining anyone. Whereas if you just don't think about it as much and you just do it or you you look at it all, if you look at all of like the internet right now as your, your stage to entertain, how can you be doing that? And just that shift of like, I'm not kidding. Like as we're talking, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. Entertain your kids. Like there's just so sometimes I wish I was talented and 20 years younger so I could be like, do this. And then I can show them how it works. But if I had half the talent of my my roster collective, it, I would smash that's, on the internet. Like I would just, it's just so, that's the thing they forget. They get caught up in like the image and what will fans think and they don't want to see the haters in the comments on YouTube. Fuck them. Who cares? Go entertain your fans. I don't yeah. know why artists get caught up in the things that their fans uh, like the people that aren't their fans say versus what their fans want. Yeah. Like they will not do something so that they don't activate this bullshit group of toxic pieces of shit. They won't do something to please this massive group because of this one little small, loud group of people. It doesn't make sense to me and it, it infuriates me. And so it's just kind of like, if they look at themselves as entertainers, it should be very much like, that's my job and there shouldn't be this noise. It shouldn't even bother.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love I, I love that. Like, if that's whatever that rant or whatever we call that, like, I just I feel you, and I love to, I love to hear you validate that because I've had that feeling, and you clearly work with a ton of artists and entertainers, so it's cool to hear you really drive that point home. And even coming back to the first point that I brought up of like how to get on the radar of a manager or a label if you want a team. I think most of the industry is pretty impressed by artists that are figuring it out and being like, all right, things changed. We're going to stream on Twitch. We're going to do this. I came up with this bid on TikTok. I'm going to go live every week. I don't know. Like that stuff. Cause then you, as a manager, you're like, I don't have to beg you to follow a social media schedule. You have that on lock. Let's figure out your business. Let's make you some money. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't
0: know. Just seems cool.
1: And it's also kind of. Going back to the first part of the conversation, too, is when COVID hit, everyone was panicked. So what we did was, for the first month, just, like, contact every single live stream company and do calls with all of them. And, like, we were just out there being very proactive so that we had things to throw to our artists to show them, like, listen, you're not dead. We're all good. We're going to be okay. Here's some things that we've discovered that are existing now in COVID that can help you make money while you're not touring. And yeah what artists can do that for themselves? Like how do you, if you're not managed and you don't know what you're looking for, you know, we had, I had a manager friend post something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to call that company. I'm on a Friday call every Friday at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I do this call called Music Managers Meeting. And it's a private group of a bunch of music marketers meeting. And it's a private group of about 20 plus people in the industry all over the world, UK here that have to do with marketing. And we share ideas and information. And we were going hard during COVID to make sure that we were supporting each other. And then I would take things that I learned on that call back to my roster to help them keep momentum going. So again, it's like without a manager, how do you do that yourself? How do you know those things exist? You don't. I don't know jack shit about the stock market, because I got nobody to help me with it. Like I'm on E-Trade blind thinking I'm doing all right. I got 18 grand in here, but like, I would like that to be 18 million. (laughs) Somebody knows how to make me that, but I don't know them. So, you know, again, I would have, you've got to, you've got to have a professional do it. Like Mm -hmm. maybe I could fix my car by myself. Do I really want to go on the highway after that? Like, no, you, You want to make sure you've got a mechanic doing it because these specialized jobs are important.
0: Not only that, but actually to like, even like elaborate on that, on that example. Okay. So say, say you did want to like fully figure out the E-Trade platform and learn the stock market or say you did want to fix your car on your own. I do think the information, like we're in an age where so much information is available, but then you run into time and you run into like, if your strength, like if you as Ivange, like you're clearly killing it as manager or label head in that sense, but like you have your lane and you know what you're good at. So is it worth your time to go and learn how to fix a car and learn everything right. that it could be? Or is it money better spent to just take it to somebody that's been doing it forever? And right. that's kind of a funny analogy with artists too. It's like, I guess if you're willing to spend all the time, you can figure these things out. But is that at cer- is that at a certain point going to compromise the art and the thing that you're actually the best at? And is there a certain point where it just makes more sense to hire somebody right. that Is the best at that?
1: Well, that's why we exist. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. The, that's just the bottom line. And I, it always just makes me so mad and bums me out when I hear artists be like, Oh, I want to stay independent. I don't need a manager. I don't want to manager managers are sketchy or they just had a bad experience. Like it makes me so upset because it's like, if I could just show you what we can do for like a day, you'd be like, where has this person been all my life? Because it's not just like management. Like, you know, my, my artist texts me funny shit all the time. Like nothing nowhere. Text me a video yesterday of his mom's best friend's house. with a bear on their front porch. Like we don't, Like, I sent a video of my cat meowing this morning because I had to take him to the vet to my new band meet me at the altar because, you know, all my artists know about my cats. Yeah. (laughs) I love them. I send them videos all the time. You know, Lundell sent me like something funny yesterday that his nana got him. Like, we share, like, we're real friends. Like, we're a community, we are a family. And that's what I think is the most important because I have to have very difficult conversations with artists sometimes. and you got to make sure that you're tight with them. Yeah. So, again, it's like management isn't just like business, business, business. Like like JV and nothing nowhere has slept at my house. I've had Gucci here for a barbecue. You know, Lund, I dropped off lasagna to Lund last week. See, so he lives down the street and I made a lot. Like, you know, I've had brunches here with my man. Citizen has literally lived at all of the houses I have ever lived in since I've picked them up because they've always stayed with me. Um, you know, Grayscale, same thing. We do weekly calls with our, every single one of our artists, every single one, every week I talk to their faces on zoom to make sure that we feel connected during COVID. Nothing feels off. We're constantly brainstorming. And I also do it with their labels because the last thing I ever want is for us to be missed out on an opportunity or for people to not see my face and know about my artist every single week. Because that's when a label's doing 50,000 different things. So again, somebody to implement infrastructure and somebody to implement care and somebody you can hit up like when you're bummed and you need something. Like I help my artists get therapists and psychiatrists because I can notice behavior that might not be normal that could eventually hurt them in the long run. So it's, it's so much more than just like, business and I'm going to take your money and help you get big it's it's an entire relationship that I hope to have with these kids for the rest of my life and then some you know like when I hang up the phone with movements we say I love you so so does citizen like love you love you love you too like all the time and I love that so much because that's like It makes it feel less icky because this business is disgusting sometimes and it makes it feel better when it's like, all right, that's that call sucked, but I love you and we're going to figure it out and it's all good. And if if that seems unprofessional, maybe some managers don't have that style. That's my style. My artists are my family.
0: Well, that's another reason why I'm appreciative of you coming on the podcast, right? Because it's like this conversation, maybe you'd have this conversation if you were sitting down trying to take like seriously considering a new artist, but can you have this conversation with everybody that's thinking about a manager or whatever? So it's like, if we can share this, if somebody's at a spot where they're like, oh, maybe it's time, like now they know how the fuck you operate, right? And if yeah. that, if what you said lines up with what they're looking for, get in touch or do what you can do to get on your radar, right? But it's like... I like spreading that information a lot because I, I hope that that just helps people understand any amount more. And that's cool.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too.
0: So I think that's the perfect spot to leave it. Um, I think we also covered how to get on your radar isn't necessarily just blindly emailing you or anything like that. Uh, but maybe just if anybody loved this episode or found it and they wanted to let you know they like it, what's a good spot to, you have like an Instagram, or like what's the best way for somebody to say what up?
1: Um, You can DM me on Instagram. Um, My name's Evange Rules, E-V-A-N-G-E, Rules, R-U-L-E-S, on Instagram. And I don't check it a lot, but I do check it, and that'd be fine. And one thing I forgot to mention, though, when we were making bands is my new band Meet Me at the Altar. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I didn't want to leave them out because they're a very, very special, very special band that we're very excited to be working with. They're all female Women of color, pop punk band, bring it. They're going to take over the world next year. I'm very excited.
0: They sound a lot to me like the ripping version of Tonight Alive, like just that crazy energy, like the little bit that I've heard, I've been excited. So it's cool.
1: Yep. You're going to see a lot of them soon, too. So we're super psyched on them. Because when we're naming bands and we didn't say it, and it hit me, I was like, oh, my uh, God. I know. I, out, my girls.
0: I'm going to all take responsibility on that. You have a huge roster. And if <laughs> I made you talk about specific artists more than others, it's not fair because you have so many. And by no means do I try to put you in a spot where <laughs> you're not showing love to anyone.
1: That was my bad.
0: Well, cool. Yo, thank you so much for doing this. Thank for real. you.
1: This of was course, really it was fun. fun. Yeah. Definitely we
0: should do another I, one with minardi oh yo i've been trying like i really have been kind of trying to just do whatever like try different formats whatever and that would be a really fun one and he was a popular you know, it guest it would be
1: fun if we did one with an artist in mine. Ooh, and you can talk to them about management stuff and we could talk about men they could talk about those. like that could be really oh, fun
0: or like a way like we could, maybe we could even take like a specific project that you've worked on and like do like artist perspective and your perspective and like what you guys did together.
1: That could be cool. That could be cool. I think, I mean, Grayscale would love to do shit like that. Oh I was my thinking God. maybe Joe would do one with me. Um, I can make Rob talk about how he didn't want to manager and why he got like eventually what made Lund. Yeah. Want to do it, like to kind of speak to those kids. I mean, there's just, yeah. We or
0: we something it? with Zach. Like Zach has been yeah. a huge part of everything you've done.
1: Yeah. Zach's my my, uh, my other half of my everything. So But yeah. whatever. Yeah. If you ever wanted to do a joint one, it could be really fun. And I'm always down to get creative.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So if you're listening or watching this, respond in any way, drop a comment, anything. Let us know out of that what sounds interesting or if you have other ideas. Cause I'm all for trying shit like that. That's cool.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Tight. All right. I'm going to end it here. Thank you again.
1: Well, thanks, Andrew.
0: So there it is, another episode. I hope you liked this format. For real, let me know if conversations like this are interesting or helpful to you because I can definitely do more of them. Again, if you made it this far and you like the show, the biggest favor that you can do for me is sharing it with your friends, leaving reviews, subscribing. If you want to go above and beyond, you can donate to the show. That's whereareallmyfriends.com. There's a little support button or it's linked in the episode description. Never feel obligated, but it really... really does help me keep it going, upgrade gear, pay for microphones and all that stupid stuff to keep it going. So anything helps and I do appreciate it. With that said, I'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you for listening.